In this digital first world, the old ways of recruiting are becoming obsolete. Or are they? The talent demands on every business has put TA squarely in the hot seat. Welcome to Talent Acquisition in the Trenches, a real dialogue podcast with talent acquisition pros closest to the front line. We want to talk to our peers who are actually doing the heavy lifting day in and day out. You're going to learn what their biggest challenges are and how they're being solved. I'm your host, Matt Reimer, and I'm here to talk about TA. I've been in TA for over 20 years, and what I know is that I don't know. I'm here to listen and learn just like you. No scripts, just real dialogue. Talent Acquisition in the Trenches is powered by NACR, the preeminent association for healthcare recruitment professionals focused on education, networking, and providing resources to enable our members to become strategic business partners in the ever-changing healthcare environment. My friends call me Reimer, so friends, let's create some new riffs with Reimer. It's no secret that nursing is a challenge in today's market. All TA leaders are searching for that silver bullet, and, and I, I think that that silver bullet just sometimes doesn't exist. Today's guest, Brooke Conley, who is part of Hospital Sisters Health System, a 15-hospital system serving Illinois and Wisconsin, though, I think has unlocked a, a talent pool that we all hear about. Some of us probably do and know but she's gonna spend some time walking us through really top to bottom, uh, probably how to benchmark your own program. And if you don't have an international nursing program, how to build one. Hey, uh, Brooke, uh, welcome to the show today here. Uh, glad to have you on. Hi, Matt, thanks for having me. Wonderful. So I thought before we got to uh, really the topic of the day here today, which is um, you know international nurse uh, recruitment, and obviously had a chance to to meet you at uh, at Nacker and and learn more about your passion around that, and 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 really all the great work that you're doing at a Hospital Sisters Health System. I thought it might be good for the audience to learn a little bit more about you. You're the senior talent acquisition consultant, um, and maybe uh, hear a little bit more about your team and kind of day in the life of of Brooke. Yeah, absolutely. So I have been in healthcare recruitment for 10 years now, um, have worked at a couple of different health systems. Uh, currently, I work at HSHS, so Hospital Sisters Health System. Um, we're a Catholic healthcare organization, and we span across two states. So we have ministries in Illinois and Wisconsin. Um, currently, we have 15 hospitals, um, a wide variety of medical group practices that we um, staff for, and then uh, 13,000 plus colleagues in the system. Wow. Wow. So so I was out online um, this morning, just kind of poking around your career site. So it looks like you've got a little over a thousand external po uh, positions posted. Does that sound about right? Is that about the effort that the team's carrying? Yeah, we fill over 5,000 um, positions annually for our mm. team. So we have um, about approximately 35 colleagues on our team. Our team's okay. uh, comprised of, we have both um, TA consultants, and then we have a sourcing side too. So they're all um, under the talent acquisition team. Um, but we have majority of those positions are TA or senior TA consultants. And then uh, we also have a sourcing team that's um, 
that includes both community sourcing and sourcing strategists. So our sourcing uh, sourcing strategists are really, they work on finding those passive candidates. So they're on, um, you know, LinkedIn platforms. And then we have our community sourcers and they're really the boots on the ground, um, kind of out and about in the uh, schools and our community, really building that rapport with our community and our um, and our students. So, yeah. Awesome. So now you're, um, you're a consultant. So, you know, you're focus primarily on nurse recruitment? Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. So I, um, I actually recently moved into our team advisor role. So I still carry a rec load, um, mainly focused on nurse recruitment, um, some director and executive level. Uh, and then I handle all of the international recruitment for our system in, in Illinois and Wisconsin. Nice. And that's really the, you know, a great segue into what I think we wanted to get into here today. And so when, uh, when we were together uh, out at, uh, at the NACA conference, I had a chance to sit down and, and kind of um, compare notes. Um, you know, I was really fascinated by, um, you know, frankly, the strategy. And, and I think everybody knows that, you know, obviously right now nurse recruitment is tough. You know, supply side is, is tough. And, you know, certainly hear of, you know, health systems and, uh, you know, uh, driving an international, uh, you know, nurse strategy, but the level of robustness and, and, and really kind of some of the thoughtfulness that, you know, I think you all are taking was, was certainly fascinating. Now, is this, uh, you know, here at, uh, you know, HSHS, is, is that your first experience with international nurse recruitment or, or did you have some, some previous uh, experience before you came, um, you know, to your current organization? Yeah, so I um, worked for another health system prior to HSHS, um, and I actually implemented the international program there. So I've um, I started that from ground up there, and then when I transitioned to HSHS, uh, I had a really good relationship with the recruiter that was working there at the time. Um, both lived in the same town, and uh, so I had had discussions with her before they were you know, implementing it. Um, and when I started four years ago, they were just in the initial phase of starting to, um, they had, you know, signed an agreement and were, were working on um, conducting interviews and so forth. And then I kind of came in and ran with it from there. Yeah. So it was kind of in motion to, to, to be a program, to kind of be focused. You kind of came in and then, you know, really, really stood it up. Is it something, so, you know, let's think about, you know, maybe our audience here today, we've got some people that are probably trying to benchmark, uh, you know, what, what they're doing a little bit, or maybe some folks that, that haven't even ventured into, uh, you know, international recruitment. Maybe just, it seems too big. It, it seems like a, you know, big challenge, maybe to even get approved. Um, maybe walk us through the, the why a little bit, you know, and so obviously it's a, it's a, uh, uh, you know, an, a, a new source of uh, talent, you know, a place to kind of go get, you know, probably, you know, very high qualified, um, and in your case, you know, RNs, but is, is it something hard to get approved? Uh, you know, does it take a while, like when you're working with the executives to kind of um, justify the, the return on investment? Like maybe talk us through that a little bit to get started and then we can kind of dig into how it actually works. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as the ROI, um, I think what I really focus on personally is um, while we, you know, it has to be financially and, and fiscally responsible. Um, so coming up with those numbers and the comparisons between, you know, what a traveler costs and what um, an international costs. And we can dig into, uh, there's, you know, there's different types of international recruitment. Uh, so, you know, you have direct hire, contract hire, we can talk a little bit about that as well. But um, as far as 
talking about the ROI, um, I really focus on the benefits that you can't see on paper. So um, unit stability, retention of our, our current colleagues. Um, nursing is tough right now. There's a shortage everywhere. So um, what are we doing to help those colleagues that are you know, taking these high patient patient loads um, and, and alleviating some of that stress from them. So I think you have to think of the, you know, the retention, the positive health outcomes. Um, these nurses are experienced. Um, some of them have, you know, up to 10 years experience um, in their, in their country that they're coming from and, and some more. Um, so increased colleague morale. Our team loves working with the internationals. Um, they're, you know, they're definitely a, a part of our team versus the, um, model of travelers who are in and out on their assignments. Yeah, um, these, yeah. these nurses are more of a long-term solution. How long do they typically stay? Like, so if I'm an international nurse and you know, how, how long am I there uh, inside of the organization? So it depends on the, um, it depends on your contract and it also depends on the type of hire. So um, when we're looking at direct hires, those are um, more you're working with. There's a couple options with direct hires. So uh, you can work with a, a company that you do your own recruitment. They, um, all they're doing is processing the the legal paperwork. Um, and, and some companies do that on their own. So there are also direct hire companies that you would pay a fee to, and they handle the recruitment efforts uh, of the nurses. Um, they handle all of the pre-boarding. They arrive them to your location. And then once, once that's done, they're your colleagues. So um, you would you know, pay them directly. They typically sign an agreement for three years uh, to cover the fees that are incurred. Um, but the goal ultimately is that they, they stay on with your stay. organization. Yeah, right, right. So um, that would be more the direct hire. So to give the audience uh, just a sense of like um, how big of a part of the workforce is it for you, you know, do you use the direct hire model or do you use the contract model and then just, you know, ballpark, you know, how, how many international nurses do you have on site uh, at HSHS right now? Yeah. So right now we're using the contract hire um, method. We are looking into the direct hire method. Um, so with the contract hire method, the nurses are employed by whatever vendor you're using. So they're typically on around three-year contracts, same same concept as a direct hire, but um, they are colleagues of, of that vendor. And then um, you would be invoiced through the vendor. So they follow gotcha. all of our same policies and procedures, so to speak. Um, so we want them to feel like our colleague. They're just not not paid as our colleague. System-wide, we have about 130, I would say, um, nurses right now, but a huge benefit to, um, you know, a side benefit when you're talking about ROI with internationals is they bring their family members with them. So we have quite a few family members that have uh, taken roles with us, whether it be in in an RN role or some other um, role. So we have a lot of, you know, family members that start in entry-level roles. Many of them, their spouses are nurses. Um, so they come through the contract company, but then then their spouse um, receives their family visa as well. And then they're eligible to work for us as an, a wow. nurse too. So. so many like different directions we could go here, right? And, yes. and so a hundred... Or I guess just out of curiosity, are they in all all different types of units, like or skill levels, or you know, are they a higher propensity in med surge, for example? 
Well, it depends on the need of your organization. We have internationals at HSHS working on um, a multitude of our units, including critical care. So really, it, it, it's it's totally up to you on where you're wanting to wanting to place the nurse. So you can reach out to the company and let them know your specific needs. But these nurses are highly qualified. Um, majority of them are bachelor prepared nurses. They have excellent experience, great communication skills. Um, many of them work in JCI accredited hospitals um, in the Philippines and Saudi Arabia. So the Philippines is is typically the the number one um, export of nurses. They they feed to us in Saudi Arabia and then some of the the Africa countries as well. We have uh, colleagues from, but they a, a lot of them have um, EMR experience. Uh, so we use a, a system called Epic. So a lot of them even have that specific experience that we're looking for. Um, but definitely very motivated, highly qualified individuals. So, so like, uh, let's just, and you know, you said the Philippines and I'm, I think when you and I were talking uh, at the conference, you were saying that that's where like the higher propensity of, you know, your nurses actually, you know, come from. And so like in the Philippines, just, you know, for my own curiosity here, you know, is there an excess supply uh, of nurses? Like, is that kind of what's going on there? Or is there something different at play where, you know, the, these professionals are wanting to, you know, migrate away from the Philippines? Yeah, so a lot of these individuals are um, kind of groomed, so to speak, into nursing at a young age. They um, that their goal is to come to the United States um, to thrive here, to provide care to our patients, and and they can really provide for a lot of their family members in doing so. So mm-hmm. um, they start that journey, you know, really from a, a young age, and the the Philippine hospitals and their education system really gears their nurses towards being able to accomplish that. So um, they, you know, teach the English language in their in their schools. They use a mm-hmm. lot of the same techniques and systems as we do um, because, you know, they're they're well aware a lot of these nurses, that's that's what they're going to school for and and making their journey to the United States. And there's probably some, you know, backward benefit for the Philippines economy. You know, I would, I would have to imagine, you know, just in general. Absolutely. So there's, um, you know, fees that go into them, um, getting their, you know, visa and education and being able to transition to the United States. So, um, nurses are, are definitely their, um, number one export as far as, um, as far as that goes. So, yeah. So are they, are they, um, these nurses bachelors prepared? So like they're, they're, you know, um, basically from, uh, you know, an, an education background, you know, is that, is that kind of what the equivalent is or is it some different level, uh, uh from a U.S. perspective? Yeah, it's pretty equivalent. Um, it, it kind of depends on the region, um, that you're re- recruiting from. So majority of the nurses coming from the Philippines are bachelors prepared. Um, some of our nurses from, you know, the Africa areas, so your Nigeria, um, Kenya, Ghana, some of those um, are associates prepared. Uh, a lot of them as well are bachelors prepared, but you got to kind of get a mix from there. But majority would be would be bachelors prepared and it's pretty equivalent. Yeah. Gotcha. So maybe maybe talk um, a, a little bit about um, you know the, the the process and how long it takes. So like let's say hey I contract with a company um, I've got a partner they're recruiting they've identified you know some talent that that uh, we and I'm I'm assuming you're putting them through a standard interview process you're getting to know them you're making a selection decision 
Is that, is that a good assumption? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And so you make the decision and then you're like, yes, you know, we, we want to offer this person, you know, a job, like just high level. How long does it take from offer to, you know, when that person is showing up for orientation? Is that like three months? Is that six months? Or is that, is that just depend? So that can vary. And it also depends on what country they're coming from. Okay. And where the visa process is. So in the Philippines, for example, right now, um, they are at current priority dates. So um, just to kind of talk through what that process looks like, the nurse um, is is selected by the organization um, and they have a, a petition. It's called an I-140 petition that's submitted. Um, and once they submit that, they receive a priority date. So that priority date kind of identifies when that nurse is going to um, be able to, that kind of gives us an estimate on when they're going to be able to arrive. So they receive that priority date. Um, once their priority date is current, then their uh, case is transferred to the National Visa Center. Um, they have some fees and then they're marked case complete. Once that case is complete, they are scheduled for an embassy interview, and the embassy interview is the final step, um, and that's where we're seeing a lot of the holdup right now. So, especially okay. with COVID, those you know those embassies, some of them shut down completely. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. So they have to have that embassy interview for their visa to be issued, and then um, once their visa is issued, they they complete that final documentation, and that's a quick process. But overall. Um, I would say it depends on where you're interviewing candidates in the pipeline. So we have some that we get within six months. Um, right now, it's a year to 18 months out for a lot of the wow. nurses. So um, wow. they're in this process for the long haul. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, that they stick with the process or do you get a lot of attrition out of the process? You get a lot of people, you know, kind of um, bowing out. No, we, um, I think of all the interviews and selections, we've only had a couple of candidates. Um, I mean, I can count on, on one hand, um, that have backed out in the process for, you know, typically personal reasons. Hmm. What a, what a great, yeah. What a great, uh, you know, pipeline, you know, opportunity sounds like, you know, certainly some work and some patience. So when they get here, right. And, and, um, in orientation and I'm starting to, to precept, I mean, are you, do you have special programs to assimilate them into, you know, not only your, your hospital's culture, but, but I would assume in the local community and does it take time to ramp them into your organization, you know, versus maybe somebody that, you know, grew up in the, you know, American culture, you know, maybe at one of your locations in Illinois or Wisconsin, um, you know, just maybe talk us through that. I'm, I'm kind of curious as to like how the onboarding happens and, and does that take more time than maybe typically? It can. It kind of varies on units. So maybe your more critical care units. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, your med surge units, those are pretty equivalent to what they're working on. So, you know, maybe four to six weeks, what your typical orientation process would be. With HSHS, we try to orientate all of them as a new grad. Um, and not all of them need that, but we just feel like our, our ultimate goal is to set them up for success so that they're happy in their role and they continue to stay with us. And we all know a bad orientation process is not a, not one way to do that. So um, we several of them we send through our nurse residency programs um, just as as we would a new grad, but really um, focusing on their clinical and and social needs. So they love to be included in things. They do not like to be called travelers. Um, they're not travelers. They're they're international nurses, a part of our team. 
Um, so a lot of the the needs that we help with are, you know, understanding our equipment and terminology and our sling that we use here in the U.S. versus what they're used to using. Um, really helping to integrate them into the unit culture. So including them in our, um, you know, day-to-day -day activities, celebrations. Uh, they do sometimes need a little emotional support while they're progressing through the process of relocation. They're coming halfway across the world, um, sometimes without their family members that, you know, when they, when they transition here. So working with that. And then some of your clinical needs are um, EMR uh, seems to be something we have to train a little extra on with them. Um, giving them feedback on how to speak up, better ways to address things, and then, um, you know, when to report to an MD and when to make the decision on your own. So here in the U.S., we're really nurse-driven um, for our patient care. And in some, um, especially in like our um, African countries, um, they're very physician-driven. So the nurses are just mm. used to, you know, taking those orders from the physicians and, and moving forward to whereas our nurses really are the eyes and ears of our patients. So yeah. um, that would be one thing we kind of have to get them accustomed to. I was wondering about, you know, the, the physician to nurse, you know, relationship and just if you have had to, not only with the physicians, but, you know, maybe with, you know, the ex existing staff, not just nurses, but everybody, you know, how does there need to be communication and, um, you know, training, um, you know, whether that's you know, cultural awareness or, or, or what have you um, to uh, effectively, you know, kind of have the existing staff do their part to make people feel warm, welcome, and to, to help them see success? Or is that primarily driven by, you know, that unit leader and, and you know, whomever really understands that kind of inner unit culture that exists? So I would say it's primarily driven by the leaders, but I um, have, you know, met with all of our leaders and in a lot of cases, our, our staff, just to talk to them about um, what the nurses need, you know, the differences in their culture versus ours. But I feel like the nurses get here and they, they sell themselves to our, our colleagues. They um, are just kind individuals. They provide excellent patient care um, and, and, you know, service to our patients. Uh, they're willing to do whatever is needed. They, um, they'll, you know, most cases work whatever shift you need them to. And um, yeah, just really, really go-getters. Uh, so they kind of, kind of sell themselves and, you know, their stories, they like to tell our colleagues where they came from. And, um, so our, our colleagues have really embraced that and, and made them a part of our team. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. When, um, you know, I guess it, it, we were talking just a little bit about, um, you know, the, the local, you know, kind of culture and you know, hundred nurses, right. And so let, let's just, you know, do some fun math. Let's say if they brought each brought two or three family members, you know, a, a small community potentially of, uh, you know, um, people from the Philippines. Uh, I'm sure that that has had an effect on, you know, some of your local communities, probably in a very cool or positive way. Um, you know, talk a little bit about that. I mean, you know, just kind of outside of the professional world, what, what happens there? And, uh, you know, does the local community kind of rally around, you know, kind of having this infusion of, of talent, uh, you know, that, that's supporting their community? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have the the community has really embraced um these nurses so we have pretty diverse communities um 
in all of our locations that they're, that they're at. Mm-hmm. But um, in Decatur, for example, I know a couple of years ago, they were so excited. Um, Decatur opened an Asian food store. So um, oh, trying awesome. to really um be able to provide their needs to provide to their their needs um and yeah so they've they've just been been embraced and really i mean our communities don't look at them as you know the these this person's from the philippines this person is from nigeria we're really just one big community and and love having them here so that's awesome now does this process does this put them on path to us citizenship or will they always just kind of be on a work visa no, so most of them are on green cards. Um, so oh, okay. some of them are have already filed for that, but then they have a, a certain amount of time to um, become a per- permanent citizen. But they don't have to like return um, back, you know, like like they would on on an H one B visa. To be dual citizens, they you yeah. know, travel, you know, obviously between both countries. Do Do you find that, um, you know, and and I'm assuming you've had you know, experiences where folks have met their three-year commitment or contractually, whatever the commitment is, do you find that they stay in, in your communities or, or are there other kind of hot spots inside of the U.S. that they like to move to, maybe other friends and family, or is it just literally person by person? It It's literally person by person. Mm-hmm. So we get a lot that, um, you know, they're, they eventually want to go to the coast. Um, so who doesn't, mm-hmm. um, they yeah, have, right. you know, they have I family, family members. Exactly. <laughs> yeah there. Um, but we are just in the beginning stages, I would say, of really converting them. Um, and we have had a had a pretty good percentage. Uh, I don't know the exact percentage off the top of my head, but um, a really high percentage that want to stay here. And I think that all goes back to how you have integrated them into your culture, into your unit. If they're happy here, their family members can find jobs and they can thrive here they're going to stay in the community. They've been here for three years. They've built those relationships. A lot of times they have kids in, in our education system. So, um, it, it does vary case by case, you know, whether they have family here or or not, but, uh, we are seeing a a very good percentage of them that are wanting to convert. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, switching gears here a little bit, you know, let's say I'm a, a health system that, you know, wants to start, um, down this path, right, and and kind of maybe get to eventually where where you're at. This is part of your job. This is your full time job. Like, what does it take, you know, on the inside to actually manage this process? I mean, how much time do you spend on it? And I guess are there other team members involved here that that make this machine run? So I am the primary, um, I do have a rec load as well, and, and I do training on our team, but um, I manage all of it. Um, I've been doing it for 10 years though, so I'm very well versed in the process. Uh, if you're just starting out, one person may not be able to handle, um, depending on the volume of uh, nurses that you're going to bring in. Because so you're saying you do the work of two humans is what? That's what your bosses need to hear. So (laughs) let's put that out there right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it just, there's more, and it also depends on if you're doing direct hire or contract. So direct hire, um, you know, if there's disciplinary issues, if there's, um, which we don't have, have many of by any means, um, but you know, timekeeping, all of that, they're going to work with our HR partners, um, like our normal colleagues would to, to work through all that. 
in our instance, since we use contract hires, um, they kind of come to me. I'm the go-to person for everything. So, um, you know, billing, their onboarding, if they have a discrepancy in pay, if there's a colleague relations issue, I'm involved with those. So um, more kind of taking that generalist um, function when it comes to the the internationals. But um, if you get a good company to work with, um, and we, we've worked with a few uh, and have, have heard great reviews from several others, but um, they they really own that process and are, and are a great support system for you. Yeah. So if you have um, 15,000 employees, you know, I'm just going to venture a guess that, you know, probably what, three to 5,000 nurses, maybe even a little bit more um, inside of your, your ecosystem. And so this accounts for a sliver of that, right? You know, 100 or, you know, 150 yeah. or whatever. Do, do you and the leadership team talk about growing it as a strategy and, and actually um, expanding, you know, kind of this source of hire, or is this just, you know, to kind of address some of those more acute needs in, in the, in the gaps that really all of us have. So. Yeah, I would say we're definitely discussing expanding it and are in the process. We have, you know, requests out right now, um, to look at our pipeline for the future. So, um, definitely expanding it. They, we started out, you know, with a few and have, have grown from there. Um, our, our nurse leaders love working with them. So they have really seen the fruits of, um, you know, of their labor and the, the benefits of having these international nurses. So, um, I would, I would definitely say we will continue to grow the program and add, add additional nurses. So the future is, uh, you know, certainly bright and, you know, it sounds like a really, you know, high quality, um, you know, kind of source of, uh, of hire for you all. So that's exciting. Yeah. Join hundreds of your healthcare TA peers and enjoy the benefits of a NACR membership today. Free educational webinars, access to our listserv, and discounts to your CHCR certification. All of this and much, much more for as low as $80 per person annually. Learn more at knacker.com. That's N-A-H-C-R.com. So we're about um, a half hour in, which time flies here, right? When you're, when yeah. you're having fun, I guess, um, you know, let's just talk real briefly, um, you know, about, uh, you know, any, any, any gotchas or, you know, is there any common pitfalls that, that exist here, you know? And so like, or if, if, if uh, one doesn't go well, right, so a hiring process doesn't go well here, like what are some of the common reasons why it might not go well? Um, as far as the actual process goes of hiring and getting the nurses here, um, really that, that all is dependent on the visa process. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. now, right now, the Philippines are caught up. Uh, when I started this eight years ago, um, they were in what's called retrogression. So they had backed up their their priority dates, so to speak, which is which is when the nurses are estimated to arrive. And so we had some nurses that had been, I'm talking five years in this process. Um, oh, wow. So when I say they're in it for the long haul, they they are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So right now that's not the case. Um, but you never know, and it and it all depends on on the country, um, that they're coming from. So that would be the biggest holdup right now is, is getting them to the embassy interview process to, to actually get their visa, um, given to them. We've covered a, uh, a wide range of, uh, you know, kind of topics here. Is there, um, you know, I guess, uh, anything that you think that maybe I should have asked you that I didn't, or is there any other, you know, kind of common, um, you know, kind of tips and tricks that, that exist in this space? This has been wildly uh, engaging and interesting here for me. 
Yeah. Um, I, I don't think so. I think just really the key is, um, you know, again, I can't say this enough, treating them like your own colleagues, um, including them on, you know, when we give out Christmas gifts, they, they're involved in that. So it's the little things, the recognition um, that we, you know, provide to our own colleagues. That is what is going to make those nurses successful and really feel a part of the team um, with us. And then, you know, feedback, you, you kind of learn the difference between the nurses and their culture. So like the um, nurses from the Philippines, for example, they're definitely a lot more, um, I would say shy, maybe. So you kind of have to pull things out of them, so to speak, to yeah. whereas the Nigerian nurses, maybe um, they're, they're very straightforward. They'll give, um, you know, their, their honest feedback and opinion and expect you to do the same to them. So really just learning each individual cu- um, culture, not treating them all the same um, as we would, you know, as we would our, our staff here in the, in the U S. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's great. It, it's, it was, uh, it was exciting to hear about all the different, tech and uh, I was on your website today kind of checking out uh, you know kind of how you have that set up the use of video and and uh, certainly you know nurse recruitment right now is a, is a big challenge and it seems like you all are really driving some some great strategy around that so kudos to you and your leadership team well thank you yeah cool so if people um, you know have questions or if they want to reach out to you what's the best way to get a hold of Brooke um, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. So it's cool. Brooke Conley and you can look me up on LinkedIn. I'm happy to answer any questions and um, help you out. All right, Brooke. Well, we really appreciate you coming on the show here today. And, uh, you know, this I, I think will be, uh, highly informative for the, uh, for the, the community that we have out there, our extended tribe. And, uh, if there's anything we can ever do for you, Brooke, you don't hesitate to ask. Okay, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. All right, we want to thank you for listening to TA in the Trenches. We are produced by Iron Mike and his team at Ironbound Media. Keep up the great work, team. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and check out all of our episodes at knacker.com. That's N-A-H-C-R.com. You also can find me out on LinkedIn where you'll find quick show riffs. Feel free to ping me. I always respond. Bye for now. <laughs>